Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio, a very special edition. This is our Beauty and the Beast special. Doug, we have you present, and we have two very special guests. Doug, who did you bring with us today? Um, I brought along Michelle. The Rope Hi. Drop Queen herself is here, back again. She was our number one episode so far, so we thought we'd bring her back to talk a little bit of Beauty and Beast. And I brought my significant other, diehard Beauty and the Beast fan, Madison Sassman, to talk about the movie a little bit. So thank you, honey, for being on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, this whole episode came into fruition because when Doug, when you and I talked about our favorite Disney and Pixar films, neither one of us mentioned Beauty and the Beast, which didn't just get a lot of flack from our significant others. It kind of trended on Facebook a little bit uh, from all of our friends and friends' friends and people I don't even know that how dare we not mention Beauty and the Beast. So here we are making up for it, inviting our spouses on to this week's episode so we can talk about the new movie that was just released this last weekend. Yeah, it wasn't even on my radar at that episode. So uh, yeah, I'll let them make up for it now. Well, here we are going to talk about it. First, I want to know, we're going to have a roundtable discussion about the movie, but let's talk about the original that came out back in 1991. Did you guys all see in theaters, Doug, Michelle? Yes, I did. Yep, I did as well. Uh, It was actually my very first theater film. I was three years old. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters, but I'm assuming, I, I think I was about six, maybe seven, and a boy boy, and, and I remember Aladdin and Lion King, but uh, it was one that I think just kind of completely bounced off me at the time. So I don't really remember it that well. I definitely remember it, because I remember uh, the songs pretty good, and then we uh, played them in band in middle school right after it. So, yeah, I remember. You're showing your age a little bit more, I'm Doug. I'm very old. Yeah, my grandparents used to watch us and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. We would watch them um, back-to-back multiple times a day. So I'd start with Ariel, and then I'd watch Belle. And then he'd, my grandpa would have to put in Ariel again, and then Belle again, and then Ariel. It was like I'm reaping what I sowed when I was little with having to watch Frozen and Moana multiple times a day <laughs> now with our kids. Well, I know because our kids are watching Moana every day. I think they're watching it right now as we record this episode. And I'm sure one day they're going to make a live-action Moana as they are doing all these Disney classics. They're taking the animated specials and turning them into live-action. How do you guys feel about this new generation of live-action classic Disney films? Doug, what do you think? All right, well, I think some are good, some are bad. Um, If the original was... A classic and a big hit, it doesn't need to be redone. Um, but the ones like Pete's Dragon, you go back and watch that. It's kind of a train wreck, in my opinion. Remaking that was a good idea. But uh, do we need Lion King tampered with? I don't know. 
I just don't know how I feel about that one. Um, so I feel kind of the same way, although I'm more strongly for the no, don't touch any of them. I'm all, I'm kind of, I, I like my animated movies and if they didn't go over well the first time, I don't see why you'd redo them as a, as a live action. So, um, while I like the Beauty and the Beast, I also really love the animated and it's really, really hard, really, really hard to top that. Well, it's only 27 years, and that's kind of my thumb is at least 30 years. Wait a whole generation before you remake it. I get that, the, you know, when you get our kids involved in Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. But if you're a diehard Disney fan, you're already introducing them to that when they're young anyway. So I, I would like to see a little bit more longer time frame. I get The Jungle Book. I get uh cinderella being remade but yeah this the second wave of classics i know they're remaking aladdin and little mermaid is on the book so i i would have loved a little bit more time but i did enjoy the movie and we're going to talk about that some more what do you think honey yeah you know what i really love them <laughs> only because um i really love storylines and i really love that with the animated versions it's kind of like when you're watching on a a like a square screen you know like we had back in the 90s help me whether the four by three yeah like the the small you only see a part of the story and then we see when we have these live action films it's kind of like going to a widescreen and you can see more of the story we saw that in cinderella you know we saw more backstory and just little things about extra music and i really felt like that a lot with beauty and the beast we saw a lot more storyline backstory of who the prince was who the beast was who bell was before um you know we pop into the story of what we love in that animated film so i really love that it really brings along stories and um that's that's kind of my take although when they originally announced it i did have that moment where i was like but it's perfect why would you need to do it again it's obviously perfect so well, it, it's my it's my favorite Disney film. It, it wasn't perfect. There are a lot of plot holes that really bugged me about the original that they cleaned up in this uh, uh, in the new version. Uh, Doug, I know we've been texting quite a mm -hmm. bit back and forth. What are some of the plot holes that you liked that they actually changed about the new version? Well, in the new version, I really like that they explain why nobody knows this castle is there and why nobody's missing a prince. It seems really odd in the original, like. Nobody seems to be missing all these people that were turned into furniture and uh, a beast. Like It seems like something somebody should have noticed, a strange enchanted castle on the horizon. But they explain that or they explain it away type of thing. That was the one really big plot hole that was nice to see them address. Mm -hmm. So my biggest thing, um, when I watched the, the original, the changing of the seasons has always drove, driven me crazy. Because we see Belle walk out and it's like nice weather and everyone's saying bonjour, bonjour. And then Maurice is going through the woods and it's like snowing and fall. <laughs> and then it's snowing at the castle and like Maurice is coming through the woods and it's snow and it's supposed to be in the spring. It's just really bizarre because it should have happened like all on the same day or a couple of days apart from when that opening sequ sequence where Belle's walking out of her house into town and it's like nice beautiful weather and then hours later you know 24 to 48 hours later it's snowing and there are scary wolves <laughs> like running after Maurice in the snow it just it never made sense to me so I really liked that they changed that uh, and kind of figured out what that was 
they they explained it away like it's always winter there in the castle area and i liked that i like that i really like that in this version the beast knew how to read i don't know why that bugged me in the original they just illiterate and i'm like you're a prince you had an education you had tutors i don't understand how you don't know how to read and he was so grumpy about it it's almost like he had no education whatsoever so this one i just love you as that throwaway line i had an expensive education i'm like thank yeah. you that was that that was nailed it for me <laughs> that was the one thing on this movie i really liked uh okay the beast isn't dumb he actually is smart and i loved how the the whole reading is what kind of started the relationship uh, you know, starting to bring them together in the new one. And they left out in the very opening scenes of the animated version, it says, you know, the rose she had offered was truly an enchanted rose, and it says it would only bloom until his 21st year. And, like, if you're doing the math, if you're like, because, again, I am a details person, later on in the movie, Lumiere says, 10 years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting. So that would mean that he'd have been, like, 11 when the enchantress would have cast a spell which kind of makes the enchantress a really big jerk face right it doesn't seem very nice to curse an 11 year old who probably doesn't know the best decision making he could make and what kind of 11 year old is opening his the doors to his own castle yeah no one no 11 year old person is doing that so i they left that out and they changed and they changed the wording um in the um in Be Our Guest, it doesn't say that in there either. Like, literally, I, I can quote the whole original animated version. And so it was fun to, like, see the little tweaks that were made in in the new one. Well, some of these are changes that we like. Doug, what are some of the changes you didn't like about the new version? So what didn't I like about the movie, Derek? Oh, well, there was parts that were really slow, where it uh, it just really drug to a crawl. And I don't know if that's because I already knew the plot and knew what was coming, or if it's just because it was really slow. And there was a lot of times where people had British accents, and then they didn't have British accents. The British accents were all over the place from lots of different cast members in this show, and that drove me slightly insane. So that's that's kind of what, uh, what bothered me. I don't know that it was so much as plot changes, or little twists on characters. None of that bothered me. They added some songs. That was, that was all right. Um, maybe, you know, Mrs. Potts, like, could have had a three-dimensional face. I would have been all right with that. I get why they painted it on, but, you know, porcelain can be crafted, too. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. That sums up my grumpiness for the day, which is shorter than normal. That, that is. <laughs> pretty good. You must You really like the movie. Maddie, what do you think? Man, I'm not, I'm just, I think, so I just said that I liked seeing the little differences from the original. Um, and I did like it because I noticed it, but I also, there's just, it's just my childhood of like hearing that, dun, 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 that beginning. And he's like, as, as the years passed. He fell into despair. You know, like he's just got this great voice. And so in the beginning where it's, I think it's Emma Thompson that does the prologue. Is it her that does the prologue? And I was like, where, where is the like booming ominous voice? I just wanted the booming ominous voice. I also, and I know why they changed it and I appreciate it. But like when the beast is holding Gaston 
at the very end and Gaston is totally at his mercy in the original he goes you know please don't hurt me and and the beast goes just get out and it's just oh, so powerful and like yeah get him you know and this one he said I'm not a beast you know like and he's not but I'm like but it's so cool if you just went get out <laughs> I just wanted the original. <laughs> I, I guess I should have said at the beginning of this episode, spoilers if you haven't seen the new movie. Uh, a little late there. but uh, Spoilers? But I, I mean, if, you've, if you've seen the seen movie. The original. If, you, if you've seen the original, you've seen the movie. And, that, and that's actually part of the problem. I agree. It was a little slow because I'm waiting for these scenes that I've already seen mm. happen. The one that I didn't like that took me out of the movie, I know, uh, Maddie, we discussed this a little bit, was with the magic and the book and all of a sudden they're transported to Paris. Uh, you know, if I had that power, I'd be transporting all over the world. Heck, I'd be going to Disney World on a daily basis just to <laughs> ride a couple of attractions and go back to work. Hey, lunch break on my way to Disney. So this weird, random, awesome power of teleportation the Beast has, and it's just there for a, a quick flashback. We learn about Belle's mom. That's great. I, I feel like that was so important to the plot line. I though. think it's a great, great plot line, but it was just a weird way to get there. I mean, did the doctor from Doctor Who just come and you know get this thing going? I mean. Who knows? So She's that, an enchantress. She th can do what she that, wants. That was the one thing that took me completely out of the movie, uh, this little time travel thing out of nowhere, and then it never gets mentioned again. Hey, at least they didn't have the Eiffel Tower in that scene. Because yeah, in the original movie, they do have the like, Eiffel Tower. The in. <laughs> they did good. No Eiffel Tower. No, just so Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. Which well, and been it's there. not like they teleported to a certain time. They didn't do the time-space continuum. They just did the space continuum. Okay. <laughs> There, that make yep, you're right on that. Um, what about some characters? There's a, a lot of great characters in this movie. Who are some of your guys' favorite characters? Well, mine was Josh Gad. Can we just go go with that? I, he did a really good job. Um, he had a lot of depth to the character. Now maybe his voice work wasn't quite up to Ryan Wiley's par, but uh, it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed his character. Uh, the song in the tavern had a lot more to it. Um, than just the old version, I thought that was really good too. I don't know. That was uh, that was my favorite. Michelle, who's your favorite? I really like Josh Gad too. I could talk about him probably for a long time just because I find him so interesting, and I really think the just like watching him in the background of stuff, you really I kind of got a feel for like that character more so. He brought more into it. Um, we could kind of see what it's like to be Gaston's right-hand person. Um, but I also like Belle, so um, I don't know how you can't like Belle. Um, even though I kind of kept felt like, feel like I was watching Harry Potter sometimes. Um, Which only made yeah. it better. <laughs> it just made it confusing sometimes, because I was like, wait, she's not a princess. Oh, okay. And she still so. likes to read, so she's yeah. still a bookworm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Which is why it's amazing. <laughs> I was so excited when they cast her because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and I love Emma Watson and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all of my favorite things in one film. <laughs> yeah, our daughter Samantha is a bookworm, loves, loves, you know, all things Harry Potter and all things Beauty and the Beast because of the books. So she was in seventh heaven watching it. Mm-hmm. I love Josh Gad, or Josh Gad, but I did not enjoy the singing as much because I kept seeing Olaf in it. 
which kind of took me out of the movie a couple times. I, I loved his character. I loved the depth. But when he started singing, I just get flashes of Olaf in my head, which, you know, if he, he never did Frozen, this would have been perfect. But it did. It did take me out of the movie a little bit. Oh, don't say it's that. I mean, that would be sad if he wasn't in Frozen. He's a great Olaf. That's true. Maybe, you maybe there's do more watch time too much Frozen. The, what? You do watch too much Frozen at your house. Clearly, we, it's, I need to let it go. In fact, my kids need to let it go. Because uh-huh. they're in a Moana kick right now, so I think I can hear that upstairs anyway. So it'll be Dwayne Johnson replacing Josh Gad in your mind. Yes. Oh, I have that song, con- that earworm, constantly. You're welcome, and I'll say it to people now, Doug. You're, you're welcome. welcome, and I'm like, ah, now it plays in my head. <laughs> uh, but I got to go to my favorite character, and that was Gaston. I actually thought Luke Evans was uh, the wrong cast when they announced him. I was like, really? I, I enjoyed him kind of in the Hobbit movies. I've seen him in uh, uh, the Three uh, Musketeers. Uh, but no, he really knocked it out of the park for me. I thought he did a, a fabulous job. And I know he had like a singing competition um, with uh, uh, one of the former um, people who played Gaston. He na- knocked it out of the park on live TV. So I was like, okay, he's got it. And uh, did a fabulous job, nailed the part. And uh, I, he was probably my favorite character of the whole movie. Yeah, he did a really good job. He did. And bonus, Kevin Klein was perfectly cast as Maurice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't say Gaston's my favorite, but the casting was phenomenal. Like, I can never say Gaston's my favorite. Your favorite? He's such a meanie. We have a lot in common, I think. I eat four dozen <laughs> eggs every day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, that's kind and of Doug, And Doug's kind of like my uh, LeFou a little bit. There we go. Oh, yeah. Totally. It, it makes know. sense. That's that's. I don't know what that means. I don't either, so... Uh, <laughs> So, Madison, who is your favorite character? Who's your favorite? I mean, like, how can you not say Belle? I mean, like, I mean, if it's a different thing to say what's your favorite character and who do you think was, like, the best casting, right? Which, like, so many of them had wonderful casting that I was really happy with who they chose because um, I think the whole cast did a really phenomenal job. Um but I just, I love Belle. I love the depth um, that Emma Watson brought to the character. We got to see a little bit more of her um, sassiness, maybe, is the right word. Um, and then yeah. the Beast. I really loved his character development. Because like Derek was saying, um, in the first movie, he's just like this broody, emo, wildebeest dude. And... <laughs> I just really liked that he was funny and witty um, in this one. And it just showed more of that um, personality. And I liked that. Well, we're going to take our kids tomorrow, I believe, to the movie. But I know you guys took your kids. We wanted, I mean, our kids are five and three. So we have to see it before them and make sure it's not too scary. Your kids are a little bit older. What did they think of the movie? Uh, they they really liked it. I, I don't I'm, Samantha really liked it. She she really likes books. So a princess that like her superpower is reading, you know, that makes sense. Samantha we have to tell her to stop reading and go to bed. That's a girl after like, my own heart. Like she's she like reads too much. Uh that sounds horrible to say out loud, no. but it's true. Um let me watch a movie for crying out loud. But uh so she really likes Belle. Like the scene where the, she's given the library, you know. Is, I asked her if she cried at that scene. She did not, but sometimes she's part robot. Um, 
Clara said she really liked it. Um, Alden said he liked it. I wasn't sure which way he was going to go, but I think there's just enough, like, stuff exploding and people yelling <laughs> and shooting of guns, especially in the third act, to bring bring it home and the boys are okay, even though it's, it's a princess movie. And is she really a princess? You're watching a lot of Moana. I mean, who's her animal sidekick? Her oh. books. Yeah, Obviously. So, according to Maui, she may not be a princess. No, good point. Well, I know Michelle. There, are, you get a lot of questions uh, with the Disney parks because people do love Belle and they want to meet her. They want to partake. Uh, you do get those questions. We get those questions quite a bit. So, where in the Disney parks? What attractions are there? Where can you uh, meet Belle and eat and just all things Beauty and the Beast? So there's Disney's added a lot of things just for kind of like a limited time. We're not sure when they're going to end, but I'll kind of talk about that too. Uh, let's start on the West Coast with Disneyland. Um, they have replaced Pinocchio's Village Haas, the quick service restaurant in uh, Fantasyland at Disneyland Park with the Red Rose Tavern, which serves um, Beauty and the Beast inspired dishes. So they've got like for the kids meal, they call it chips dishes. Um, they have a beast burger. They've got a chicken sandwich a la Lumiere. Uh, things like that, just to kind of bring you back into the the story of Beauty and the Beast. So Try the gray sure. stuff. It's delicious. Yep, there is a gray stuff uh, <laughs> uh, dessert. So, yeah. You guys might need that's to go amazing. Back to Disney, go back to Disneyland. Yeah, so we're not sure how long that's going to last. Um, but... Um, with limited in Disney, it could be a day or it could be four or five years. I mean, they still call it New Fantasyland, and it opened what four years ago, something like that. So, but it's been pretty popular. So I think as long as it continues to stay popular, Disney kind of lets you keep going. Yeah. So also in uh, Fantasyland, you can see like a retelling at the Royal the Royal Theater at Disneyland Park. So um, that's kind of it for Disneyland. Um, going over to the East Coast, Disney World, um, starting in Magic Kingdom. Um, nothing really new here, but um, Enchanted Tales with Belle is in Fantasyland. It's a new Fantasyland. It so is a it new, new Fantasyland, but it's old. It's older than one of your children. But it's still new. But it's, it's new. It's still new. Yeah, so you can go in. Um, all the kids get parts. They can help retell the whole story of Belle and then take a picture with her. At the end, um, you can go to Gaston's Tavern. Um, you can. Which even we meet met Gaston. Gaston. That's still one of the highlights of our trip. We met Gaston. Yeah, he's very popular. People love to meet him and tease him and have him heckle back. It's fun. Um, uh, be our guest. There's quick service breakfast and lunch. You can um, do a sit down dinner. And then on your way out, you can meet Beast and the study. Um, which is still one of the most popular restaurants at Disney Disney World. So um, it's important to make your reservations 180 days in advance for that one. Um, I think that's it for Magic Kingdom. Am I missing anything for Magic Kingdom? 180 plus 10. Yeah, yeah it's a, so, and it's a great restaurant. Yeah. We, we've gotten to try there, be our guest. And uh, we loved it. I know you guys, what did you guys think of it? Yeah, we like dinner. We like dinner the best. Yeah. Lunch, lunch. I don't know that 
we love the menu. Our kids don't. I know that. Anybody that knows me knows that I kind of like plain food. Oh, so she's so boring. I am pretty boring <laughs> if you ask some people. So, um, so lunch is a little too adventurous for me. So sit down. I can have a nice steak <laughs> and enjoy the ambience of the castle at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I really liked breakfast there, but it's it was definitely like a a break from tradition. What we have, and what you can get in the in the Disney parks, it's not. It's like it's just French cuisine, so it's very different. Yeah, it's nice. It opens at eight o'clock usually. Um, park opens at nine, and so if you have a restaurant, they'll let you in early. You can cruise down Main Street with a fairly empty park. Um, get some pictures as you go to the castle. So. That's also one you can make in advance, even though it's quick service. So lots of people like that one. So moving to Epcot, um, you can meet Belle. Usually you can meet her at Akershish. That is a sit-down restaurant in Norway. And what is she wearing there? <laughs> She's wearing her, her beautiful yellow gown, usually. We have pictures. We can post yeah. them this week. <laughs> we do, too. I really like it. We just did that one in November with the girls, or I did that one with the girls, and really liked it. Um, you can also meet Belle, usually in France, um, in her peasant outfit, her blue and white dress, just a simpler Belle. Um, it is a simple village. <laughs> quiet village. Quiet village. Okay, close yes. enough. <laughs> and then, of course, at Hollywood Studios Live on stage, Beauty and the Beast is still there, and um, that's one that I don't seem to ever get get tired of, so... We can keep going to that. There's always the rumors. The that rumors every year. Yeah. Every year that it's going to be replaced. And this live action, I think, just crushed any rumors for a while. Yep. Which think. makes me yeah. so happy. I really loved the the new music, too. And I'm kind of wondering... The new music was very much... I think it would be great on on Broadway with some different... With those new pieces in there. So I wonder what they'll do because... I mean, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway was based off of the original animated from Disney. So I wonder if they'll do a reboot because it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it, I, it could definitely use some freshening up. It's been there for a while. It's I like that they used the original composer for the new music and who they bring in to do the lyrics. Tim Rice, who uh, he did lyrics on Lion King. So they uh, kind of mesh together those new classics um, lyricist and uh, composer to make a new team which was good yeah they added yeah, like- in more words by Howard Ashman at the mm. at the end song which made me all weepy because wow so they went passed and, away yeah they went and found some stuff they didn't use right mm-hmm. snuck it in there yep cool and I like that the pop song is back or like they brought the the um Tale as old as time back in with the pop um, mm-hmm. community with John Legend and Ariana Grande and my kids do too, so we can belt it out in the car on and Radio not just Disney. A Disney Channel star to no. sing it. Uh-uh. That's kind of been their yeah. thing yeah. the last few uh, movies. So that was kind of nice. They went and spent some money on the pop version of this song. So John Legend is one of my favorites. So when he was doing the version, I was very excited. It sounded amazing. Well, where else can we find Beauty and the Beast other than the parks? Well, soon on Disney Cruise Line. Keep We're going to keep moving east here. On Disney Cruise Line, on the Dream, um, they just announced in November they're going to have a new um, 
stage show, um, a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. That's all we really know for now. But um, No, we know it's replacing villains. So We do know it's replacing yeah, villains tonight, that. and we're kind of sad about that. But but no one else is, evidently. That Yeah, people are really excited about it. So yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm good with it. I'm I saw sad for I, you, Doug, fun. because I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> we we saw it and we're good. That like I said last week on last week's episode, that's the one show I you know I think can be taken away. I enjoyed oh, it. Oh man, Derek! I think oh, I, no, liked, no. I liked it better than I think Derek. I just did. It, the problem was it's just not kid. And now we're getting off on top, but it just wasn't great for like the little ones. And if you want to take your little ones, eh. we'll take them to Beauty and the Beast. But, and I just love that Hades, your little ones Hades this movie, is such a wonderful character that it's. Tonight. It's sad to see Hades go because he's just a wonderful yeah. character. I wish they'd make Hercules too. They should make Hercules too. When's that coming to live action? There we go. That would be a good live action. I agree. For real. Circle yep. back to the and first with that amazing soundtrack. Heck yes, mm-hmm. I'm down. They can remake that one. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, we've got one more stop then on our talk about uh, Beauty and the Beast for Disney and the parks and the ships. Um, Adventures by Disney. Um, has partners with Alma Waterways and they do two um, cruises on the Rhine River. There's seven nights and they had just announced that next summer there's going to be six sailings that are Beauty and the Beast themed. So now I know where Maddie and Derek should go next summer. <laughs> Our 10 year anniversary is coming up. Hey, hey, there we hey. Go. I'm just saying. Start booking that trip. <laughs> so you'll be able to see both the animated and the new live action on the ship as well as um, they kind of take you to like French village that reminds you of Belle's hometown and um, really bring it into the movie. Is there like a flash mob of singing in the village? I don't know yet. Well, I, that's what I would well, expect. Well, if there flash is, mob. I'm moving there. Uh, Adventures by Disney <laughs> Bye, could pull it off. So Yeah, yeah Adventures by mob. Disney is pretty amazing. Yeah. So that all sums right. it up, huh? Yeah, that's, well, and that's, those are a lot of questions we get where you can meet Belle and all sorts of characters and so uh, always, if you're thinking about one of these trips, talk to Michelle. She'll hook you up with a, a quote and the price we use her for all of our trips. And now it looks like another trip that just kind of got sprung upon us. We're going to do Adventures by Disney. All right. <laughs> yes. I mean, we have to do it for the podcast. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's we'll have to go. You guys have, to, you guys have to come with us. Research. Oh, yeah. Re- yes. Research. It's for research. Very important research. So, Back to the movie. Let's get our overall one out of ten type scores. The reviews have been on the Rotten Tomatoes, been uh, you know kind of bouncing around uh, by different people. But what do you guys think? One out of ten. What would you uh, rank this movie, Doug? Well, since I'm the grumpy one in the group, I'll go seven and a half. I'm assuming everybody else is going to be higher than me. The the accents coming in and out. Um, Sometimes it seemed a little too musically, like all of a sudden their voices were amazing, even though they weren't a second ago. I don't know. The whole musicals on movie on the movie screen just sometimes was it a movie or a musical? Decide. I think Derek just and Doug decide. Are the same I know we we have you a lot in common same. right there. You um, are the same. I did like you. I didn't mention it earlier, but Ewan McGregor did a really good job as Lumiere. I like he did a good job. Um, but yeah, seven and a half. Eh. Michelle, I'm not rushing back you? to see it again. Um, I'm not going to go much higher just because live action isn't really my thing. But I'd give it an 8 out of 10. So you like cartoons I just, or I animated I, movies? I like animated it's movies. It's not a cartoon. Not a cartoon, no. I, I think we're just um, going to keep going up because after the movie, I told Maddie I gave it about an 8.5. 
Uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, though I agree with you, Doug. I, I do have issues with musicals on screen. And the fact that you've seen the cartoon, you know it's coming. It's more like, eh, let's hurry up and get to the fight scenes. And, uh, you know, seeing your favorite characters and says some of the slow. And there were. There are some slow areas. The pacing as with the film background, I, I wish the pacing of the movie was a little bit more, uh, a little better. Just uh, there's some areas they could have cut or trimmed. In post production, I kind of wish they did. So, and I know Maddie, you are going to be the highest of them all. I am. I'm. I'd probably give it a solid nine point five because all of you haters that hate on music in videos, I love that. I grew up on musicals. He was like, there was so much singing in it. I was like, it's not Les Mis. I mean, they sing every word of that movie. That so, is called an opera. <laughs> I, I was like. This is this is perfect. I loved all the music. I loved the extra music. It was really fun to see it in there. Um, I was really happy with the performances. Um, again, because I love I love the originals with Paige O'Hara. She's amazing. Like when I was little, she is Belle's voice, and I just wanted to be. I wanted that voice. My dad's a music teacher, so I would try and emulate her same tone and sound. Um, but I thought I thought. Emma Watson did a good job on it, and yeah, I thought the storyline was wonderful. I cried at least four times. Um, well, speaking of crying, we went to the special fan event, so this is like <laughs> reserved tickets like eight months ago or something, they posters and stuff. So like after the movie, you know, my wife's crying next to me, so I get up and I just turn around, and just behind me is a whole wall of people <laughs> bawling their eyes, and saying, it's so beautiful! And that was my favorite part of the whole night. I just started cracking up. I may have gotten slapped for that one, but it was just... Uh, that's when you go when you go to these you know six o'clock fan events. That's what that's where you get the all the diehard. Yeah, the day, day before, before the release. So uh, that that was my favorite. Doug, I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, yeah. I only cry at Star Wars. So that I I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I so cried I did at Star Wars cry. too. I cried a lot of things, but I couldn't watch the Beauty and the Beast trailer without you know shedding some tears. It just all of all of the feelings. So, all right. All right, well, anything else you guys want to add with the the movie before we wrap it up? I think we're good. I all think right, we're well, good. Go, on well, sure you go see it. Yeah, go see it. You know, we'll be posting questions. We want to hear from you guys what you thought of it. Give us your score. Tell us your favorite characters, things you like, things you dislike. We love uh, talking back and forth with uh, you guys that are listening. And, of course, if you want to visit anything Beauty and the Beast related any of the parks, we highly recommend Michelle McKnight. She is the rope drop queen and semi-diehard Beauty and the Beast lovers we found out tonight. Um, uh, just uh, So <laughs> uh, if you want to know any more, please contact her. We'll put you in touch. You can message us through Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, follow us and like our page. This has been a really fun episode to bring our spouses on, talk more about Beauty and the Beast. This time, at least, we we're not doing a review, and we're not going to get in trouble for it, Doug. That, that's the saving grace yeah. of this whole episode. We're not going to get yelled at. That's true. We would have gotten raked over the coals if we had not mentioned it. So Yes, that, we are and that, safe. That's, and that's why we're doing this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It was a fun one for us to do. And, of course, go see the movie. Thank you for listening to Rope Drop Radio. For Doug, Michelle, Madison, I'm Derek. Thank you for listening, and have a good night.